Hello everyone and welcome to the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. Hello everyone, it's Omar here and welcome in the third episode of season two of the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. In today's episode we'll be looking, as promised, at Arkham Horror the card game by Fantasy Flight Games. It's a living card game with Cthulhu-esque setting, so if you are a fan of Cthulhu or anything Lovecraft, that's a game that's definitely for you. So without further ado, let's have a closer look at what Arkham Horror the card game really is and why it became so popular that's pretty much out of stock everywhere. Is it worth your money? Well, let's have a look. So... Arkham Horror, the card game, is something that FFG used their own term. They conjured the term of a living card game. What that means is while it is a card game and you do have expansions and kind of packs, um, they are not randomized like in the case of Magic the Gathering or any other collectible card games. They are always preset. Uh, whenever you buy anything for Arkham Horror, that means what you will get in a box is always the same. And it does make sense. While in the beginning you might think, well, it kind of defeats the point, but not really because Arkham Horror is not your typical card game where you fight against each other. It's not a PvP game, it's a cooperative card game where players together as a bunch of investigators try to solve different cases and go through different stories and missions. So um, a really good way to explain Arkham Horror would be Mansions of Madness card game, because if you like Mansions of Madness then Arkham Horror is giving you the same Lovecraftian feel with all the monsters, all the mythos, gods, cultists and the craziness that's you know usually there. But in the nice card package. Um, the game at the moment is crazily popular. It's one of the top 10 or it's easily in the top 20 on the board game Geek, which shows you that, you know, with all the cool games we've got um, coming out any around that time, uh, the game is still quite strong there. Um, another reason why you might consider it it's possibly a really good game is because if you go to Fantasy Flight's website, um, all of the core boxes or the bigger boxes, which I will explain how they work, all of the campaign boxes, should I say, are out of stock, uh, simply sold out. If you try to find the base card game now, it's going to be quite difficult, so second-hand or uh, your friendly local gaming store is possibly the best choice for you. But now, let's have a look what the game really is. Well, in Arkham Horror the card game, you and one player, if you have one core set, or up to four players, if you have two core sets, uh, become investigators or different characters set within the world of um, Arkham Horror or Arkham Archives, should I say. So the familiar setting, you will have some of the characters you know, like Ashkan Pete, um, you might have the Toby Sinclair, the millionaire from Mansions of Madness, you will have Wendy Adams, the ever-famous urchin. So we've got quite a lot of characters that we are already very familiar with, and they all come back in Arkham Horror, the card game. Um, as these characters or as the investigators let's say um we will go into a let's say campaign yeah they are actually called campaign so um we will decide which campaign we want to play um at the moment there are quite a few uh we've got six campaigns we have the basic one which is just the starter set with three missions over there then we've got five big campaigns which include a whole set of missions then 
for each of the campaigns you've got a starter set which is like the starting missions then you have uh, six individual missions that continue the storyline and then for each of the old set there is also like a return to series so um the place we started with the beginning of the game we have the starting point we've got the few missions we can play through six um, additional missions to kind of continue the story once the story ends there is like a pack which allows us to organize everything we've got all the cards we have for a particular campaign with like a nice big box for storage with uh, separators and so on but also it adds new content to the first missions to the basic book you've got so um, you can go back and replay the basic box in case of like return to the same place when we come back and revisit the old place and in most cases it changes some rules it does new contests it might be giving you new enemies or new events and so on um so at the moment if you are familiar with clothcraft uh, some of the names will be quite familiar for you because we've got the arkham horror the card game basic starter set when pretty much is like a tutorial campaign it gives you three missions and all the basic cards you need to play you have choice of five different investigators, including the Fed or the ever-famous Wendy Adams, the Urchin. Then we've got the Dunwich Legacy, which, if you are familiar with Croft, uh, Lovecraft, uh, Dunwich rings a bell. We've got Path to Carcosa, we've got the Forgotten Age, the Circle Undone, and if you've played Mansions of Madness, you will realize that the name might be familiar because the Circle Undone is the very first mission in Mansions of Madness, so we see the links over here. Um, then we've got the Dream Eaters and we've got a uh, lot of different standalone adventures. Um, these are like the Curse of Rugaru when you are running around the bios um, in New Orleans being chased by a werewolf and so on. So there is a lot of, there is an incredible amount of content available for the game and it keeps on coming. So if you decide to join the game or suddenly jump on the train of hype train for Arkham Horror, um, you know you, you won't run out of content anytime soon. Um, at the same time, however, the fact that the content is constantly being updated and we get new and new boxes um, all the time, it means that if you want to start Arkham Horror, um, if you think that Magic the Gathering is expensive, then yeah, we are talking roughly possibly the same ballpark uh, for a different reason, because you won't be buying the, you know, you won't be buying boosters just to get one card you really want to or spend 50 quid to buy a single card because like I said before, all the cards are uh, prepared in the box so that the contents are always there, but you will just want to have everything that exists. Um, so a starter set is roughly £35. You can possibly grab it for like 30 somewhere if you manage to find it. And that gives you the three starting missions and it's quite, let's say it's a few hours of playing, um, you know, quite an interesting storyline, but it's very basic. It's a good way to start the game. But if you play it once, you kind of know more or less what's going on. But now, when I say what's going on, well, how, what do I mean by what's going on? Well, the game is story-driven. So as you will play through the different scenarios, um, depending on how the scenario ended, and believe me, it will often not end well for you and your investigators, it's very likely that you will die or you might get hurt, you might get mentally scarred for life, um, you might have to run away, and yeah, that's it. Basically, you continue the storyline, but... You have um, sort of a scenario log, like a campaign log, and you keep track of all the events that took place, what has happened, what hasn't happened, and it will change um, things later. So j just to give you an idea, for example, in the first game, uh, for the first box, so for the starter set, um, if by the end of first scenario you have an option, I, I won't get into details, but you have an option to either burn your house or leave it standing. And again, depending on what you decide, it will have some sort of 
effect later on in the game. So as you will play later in scenario two and scenario three, it might alter slightly things. You might have more enemies there. Um, some might return if you don't manage to kill someone earlier on. They might keep returning and, you know, messing up your plans later. Um, if you do something really well, then again, maybe something later will be a bit easier for you. So we've got it quite uh, story driven, which I really like about it because it's a game that feels very much like a good story. Um, I mean, you do walk around and, you know, you'll find monsters and investigate and find different things. But realistically, in the end, it's, it's still a story driven game. So you do care about what's going on there um, you care about your characters you kind of want to know what's going on and the missions will be different now how the game plays is really interesting and i really like what they've done with all the setup because uh, when you start the game the mission will tell you how you have to set up the game and you will have location cards and while we have location cards in many games many card games it's nothing really that new uh, we even had them in the warhammer quest card game also by ffg but over there it was just like one location yeah you have to get x amount of points and you move on to the next one well arkham horror went way further developed the system and it looks so beautiful because you set up the locations as different places and it looks um quite akin to the map of arkham uh, to arkham board game to arkham horror board game where you actually have different places you know connected with routes and you might go there it's the same over here so when you start the game you might have locations but as you will go you might discover new locations and you will actually have to go to these different locations um one of the really interesting missions is the second mission in the starter set when we have a small town and we have dif different districts um so you might have to go to the uptown you might want to go to the downtown you might to go to the graveyard or and you actually have to go to these locations to discover what's going on there um, investigate them get new clues and continue now how the game plays is when you start you will always have two decks of cards and one decks of cards i mean we've got plenty of others but these are the story ones we have an agenda deck and we have like the story deck so on one side we have the deck which represents uh, the bad events um, going on and this is kind of your timer the card will have a short description of what's going on and there will be a number over there and at the beginning of each turn in the uh, doom phase in the, like the the, the mythos phase you will add a doom token to it and when the number reaches the doom token you turn around the card you read what's happening and generally it's a bad event something bad is happening or you are getting closer to losing the game maybe the cultists are coming in maybe they are already halfway through the um, ritual or maybe you know um, more monsters show up that sort of stuff on the other hand though we've got our story deck and this is where similar style we've got the short description of what's going on over there we've got a number and this is the number of investigation tokens we need to collect in order to progress the card and move on the story so we kind of have this race against time on the left we've got the bad deck the, the bad events and what the, our opponents are doing what the cultists or the evil forces the mythos really is planning and how they are progressing their agenda and at the same time we are investigating learning more and trying to push us and our agenda furthermore going moving the storyline forward so you know you can't just stall around and do nothing now that's quite interesting um i really like it and it looks really cool because um it kind of looks like a book so that the left page of an open book is the the bad event at the right page is, is the positive event, the, the good thing that your storyline that you are trying to move forward. 
which looks really nice. At the same time, we've got encounters, which are all the different bad events that each turn a player has to kind of draw one and resolve it. It can be a monster, it can be some bad some bad things happening. It could be that um, the places are more difficult to investigate because you've got suddenly a fog showing up. Um, you might have to do like a quick test uh, and see maybe because our hands are jumping out of the floor. It is very similar to the mythos phase in the Mansions of Madness. But while in Mansions of Madness, the application tells you what's going on over here you will just grab a card and, and resolve the event in a very similar fashion so there's quite a lot of parallels between the two now um how the game plays is it's divided into a few different phases so you have the phase the upkeep phase where all of the tapped cards get untapped so you can use them again um, players will be getting resources players will be drawing a card and that's pretty much it and then you've got the player's phase where each player can do three different actions each turn. So, you know, you can walk, you can use your items, you can equip them, um, you can investigate. And investigation is really important because that's how you get the investigate tokens that allow you to progress the story forward. I won't go into details on how the game plays, but basically um, you've got quite a lot of options. Whether you want to fight someone, whether you want to run away from monsters, um, whether you want to find some items, whether perhaps you want to equip yourself and get better, try to survive. It's it's all very familiar if you've ever played any fantasy flight game set into the into the arkham setting uh, you will be very familiar because it is pretty much um the same kind of sort of game but in a card version so you know and i mean it in the best way possible i don't mean it as a bad thing i mean it as an absolutely amazing thing i really enjoy the game um one of the things I really like is that the game is a deck builder and not in your typical sense that, okay, when you start the game, you have five cards or X amount of cards and as you play, you build them. What I mean is that before you start your mission, before you start your game, um, you have your deck building time. So you have amount of points of experience points that you will accrue as you play through the game and you can spend them to buy new cards or upgrade your cards. And depending on which faction you've got, and there are five different factions in the game, you might be able to buy some cards, but not the others. So, you know, if you are, for example, a police officer, if you are the Fed from the starter set, uh, you might have access to the blue cards, which are the law, law enforcement cards. But you also might have access to the yellow cards, which are like the seeker cards, these kind of, you know, guys who are researching the mythos and the paranormal. And, and at the same time, you might be playing Wendy Adams, which I used to play quite often. And she will have access to the green cards, which is like the bandits and the red ones, which is like the kind of street kind of, let's say, sort of cards. So, you know, it's going to be survivalist cards where it's going to help me um, protect myself or run away or fight or some dirty tricks and so on and so forth. So the playstyle between different characters really varies. Now, um, what I really like about the game is one of the cool mechanics is the tests. Now, the game doesn't utilize any dice. What we really do is uh, each character will have a certain skill. So we have strength, we've got agility, we've got law, we've got observation and we've got will. No, sorry, we've got only four. So we've got strength, agility, law and will. And these are the four skills, um, four characteristics that each per per person, each character within the game has. And the numbers are very similar to the ones we have in Mansions of Madness, but while in Mansions of Madness we were rolling dice to see how many successes we can get, over here we have to beat a particular number. So for example, if I'm Wendy Adams, my uh, law will be three, and that's what I need to do when I'm testing, for example, for investigation. Now what's going to happen is, before I um, do a test, I can use any of the cards, and similarly to Lord of the Rings, all of the cards have dual purpose, so I can use the cards to use the text that's printed on them, whether it's going to be equipping a knife to use to fight it, or whether it's going to be using bandages to heal myself, 
or I can discard the card before I do a test to commit them to it. And on the left side of the card, I will have different symbols. Uh, and it, the symbols will be representing the four key abilities that each character has. So, you know, that, that's quite interesting over there. That's quite cool. Um, so I am able to mitigate my luck. Now, after I, for example, decide to investigate and I uh, discard any cards and I use them to boost my skill, I will need to go through a bag and take one from a bag or a cup, doesn't really matter. I will have to take one of the Chaos Tokens. Now, Chaos Tokens are all in the, inside the starter box and they are basically nice cardboard tokens with different numbers printed on them and symbols. And we have, depending on the difficulty, uh, ranging from minus two to plus one. But then again, it's a Arkham game and we know it's Cthulhu and Lovecraft, so we know that the game is not going to be easy. So don't expect to see many pluses and it's going to be mostly either zeros or minus one or minus two even. Again, it, how many tokens of each type are there, it will all depend on the difficulty, but you know, we can play around with it. So you can have it a bit easier or a bit more difficult depending on how you want to play it. There are also some special tokens which have different symbols like, for example, the Elder Sign or like this weird kind of die looking thing, it looks like a D10, or you might have a Skull or a Cultist Head. And all of these will have different effect on every mission and you will have a special card for every single scenario that tells you what the symbols, what is the special effect that each of the symbols has, which I think is quite nice because, you know, I might see this, but every single time I play, the effects are different and they vary. Um, also, each of the characters has a special skill and usually they have something to do with the Elder Sign symbol. So, um, for example, for Wendy Adams, if I have my amulet equipped, the second I get Elder Sign, it's an auto-success, which is always nice. So, you know, um, that's going on as well. Now, in general, it's a really nice game. It's a really fun game to play, but it's not an easy one. And it is a game when you will have to actually think quite a lot and cooperate with each other. Um, you can't really do a semi-core because my decisions will really influence you a lot. And you will have to cooperate a lot to make sure that you can survive and live the other day, which I really like. But let's go into the other side of what I don't like. Well, I wouldn't say there is much about mechanics or the game itself that I don't like. I actually enjoy the game quite a lot. But I think the biggest problem of the game is the price. While you will get the starter set for 30 quid, which is fine. And it's not that bad, you know, like roughly about the other games, the price... Um, the price tag is quite similar but the problem is that for 30 quid you're going to have the three missions and five investigators and yes technically i can replay all of them with different characters but for if i play the scenario two or three times i'm similarly like in mansions of madness you kind of know what's going on and there is only so much there will be some randomization you might have different encounters you might have different items or perhaps you know you something's different monster will attack you but again it's all limited to a scenario so if i play through it a few times i will be familiar with it and it will become a bit kind of boring let's say because it's, it's the same thing happening if i want to expand yeah it's great but then we are going into rabbit hole of money your pocket is gonna just go really it's gonna dig really really deep in your pocket with a base set for the campaign being 30 quid and then each separate mission being around 10 or 12 pounds and if you think about it you have the campaign plus six missions so if you would like for example to have a complete Danwich legacy we are looking at 100 plus if you're gonna have the starter set then all six individual missions in there and the return to Dunwich. Um, so we are looking 100 plus. Now again, it will give you a lot of content and it will give you new characters to play with and you can mix and match so I can use my old characters in Dunwich um, campaign. 
I can use Dunwich campaign characters in any other. So there is a lot of crossplay, and you know you can all mix and match them. But they are roughly aimed to be a standalone or like self enclosed uh, sets so Dunwich is Dunwich and no one is going to stop you but possibly characters from Dunwich are going to work best in Dunwich campaign so you know we have a limited playroom over there so do expect the game to be really pricey if you continue or if you decide to play more of it and start um, buying more and more sets if you are a completionist then yeah the game is going to hurt your pocket a lot especially that there is new content coming all the time so you know, on one side you're not going to run out of it, on the other side you will always have some money, you will always need to spend some money to kind of keep in touch and continue to play. Um, yeah, however, despite that, I still think it's a really good game. For those of you who don't mind cheating a little bit, then uh, yeah, Tabletop Simulator is a great alternative where you can get all of the sets um, already there. Someone's done a really good job with all the maths and everything really prepared and scripted, so it's really easy to play and give it a go. Um, we've played on Stabletop Simulator a few times and um, one of my friends, he played once and straight away wanted like, yeah, he's he's buying the box, he wants to have the physical one. So, you know, um, that shows quite a lot on how good the game might be. Again, if you're not a fan of uh, Lovecraft though, that's not really going to be a game for you. While mechanically it's a superb game and I think it works really well, um, I will say that, yeah, it can be lag dependent because sometimes just drawing one token that's going to be an auto fail in the crucial moment is it's a matter of winning or losing um the one kill that is that one time i can hit someone and kill the final enemy and i will get auto fail and i fail and they hit me back and i die and we lose the mission well that could happen no, no one's nothing's going to stop you from that and you know in that one case for that one particular chaos token which is auto fail there is nothing you can do and you can't mitigate that um, in any way unless you are playing um, survivalist because they have some cards that allow you to play again or like succeed while after failing. So, you know, there is very little mitigation, but it's not impossible. But again, it's not going to be for all characters available. So we go back to strong cooperation between characters. Um, another thing that's really cool is that you can play up to four people, but we go back to the problem of you will need to purchase two starting sets, two basic boxes, uh, because one basic box gives you only enough basic cards to create two decks. So if you would like to play with three or four people, you, again, you will have to purchase another starter set so you have enough basic cards to create another two decks to play with. So, you know, um, money-wise, we are again going into the a bit more pricier end because let's be honest, 60 quid to play a card game with three missions with six people. Yeah, it's on a bit of pricey and uh, for that money you can buy some bigger boxes. For that money you can possibly buy Mansions of Madness if you can find it online. Which, you know, if you look what you get in Mansions of Madness and what you get over here, yeah, slightly different um, sort of game. But generally, do I like the game? Yes. Would I recommend it? Absolutely. If you're a fan of Cthulhu, that's a game you should give it a go. If you are interested in card games, I think that's one of the best card games out there. I've played a lot of many different card games. I even played Warhammer uh, Fantasy, right? The, the Warhammer Quest card game. And and you see that Warhammer Quest card game was made, I think, two years before, a year before the Cthulhu came out, before Arkham Horror came out. And you see that they took some of the things and made them much better. I really wish they've done something similar for other games. Um, if they've done something in Lord of the Rings setting, I would absolutely adore it. Um, there is Lord of the Rings card game, but it's not exactly the same. It's it's something in between. Um, I really like the walking around different locations. So if they introduced new game uh, with that mechanic, I would absolutely love it. So, you know, we, there is hoping, there is always some hope that this will happen. Um, and I think that's about it. Um, I don't want to bore you with all the details. It's already quite a, a lengthy episode and 20 plus minutes. Um, 
So yeah, that's pretty much Arkham Horror living card game for you. Um, definitely give it a go if you've got a chance, um, see if you like it, I really enjoy it, I definitely recommend it, though again, um, it might be on the pricier end, if you really like it, it will cost you a fortune to collect everything, and if you are not a fan of replaying the same scenarios, then this might not be the game for you, because unless you spend a lot of money on all the expansions, you will have to replay the same thing again and again and again and again. It's not a problem if you don't play often, but if you like playing games a lot and you, if you like playing, you know, a few days in a row playing the same title, then this might be an issue for you. But that sums it up pretty much. That's a kind of quick overlook of what Arkham Horror Living Card Game is. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Now to give you a quick teaser, next week we are looking at something completely different and me and Michael, because guys, Mike is back, will be looking at Infinity by Corvus Belly, which is a really big and complex um, war game that we went back into after quite a few years of a break. So, you know, I don't want to spoil much, uh, don't want to spoil too much, so I will keep everything sweet and short. So if you want to learn more about Infinity by Corvus Belly, and with the new starter set, it's a really good time to learn a bit more about it. Make sure to come back in two weeks' time. And till then, thanks for listening. Make sure to visit us on our Facebook and Instagram. Looking for the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care and enjoy your games, guys.